Well, hello and welcome once again to the Florida Fun Podcast, your destination for Florida fun. My name is Josh, I'm your host, and this is episode 16. Today is Thursday, October 7th, 2021. I want to thank you for being involved in the podcast. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you being there, and I certainly appreciate, uh, always enjoy being here for you and sharing our adventures and my love of Florida and my love of everything that there is to enjoy here in the beautiful sunshine state of Florida. Uh, as you heard from the open, today's going to be about the beach. It's going to be about being outside, being about the sun and the sea. And uh, so we're going to talk about a family trip that we recently took to the Daytona Beach area and maybe a couple stops that we made along the way. One that I thought was uh, very fun, uh, a lot of fun, and definitely something that you need to try. Before we do anything else, I want to get the housekeeping out of the way. Uh, you can get me up on uh, being involved in the program at any time. You can be involved in the podcast. Your information, your input is always uh, appreciated and welcomed. And uh, you can do so by dropping me an email. Uh, my email address is floridafunpodcast at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me on Twitter. I am at floridafun6 on Twitter. And you can follow the Florida Fun Podcast live video series and posts and pictures, quizzes, polls, all the rest of it, that's always going to be over on Instagram, and that's instagram.com forward slash Florida Fun Podcast. So like I said, we did take a trip to Daytona Beach area, and that was a lot of fun. That was a little while ago, um, but I wanted to kind of share something with you um, about the Daytona Beach. I haven't had a chance to uh, catch up with you guys nearly as much. There's been a lot of things going on in life, as I'm sure there probably are with you, uh, but I have a chance to now, so I want to want to share all that with you. Uh, we took a couple stops in Daytona Beach. We went to the Marine Science Center there in the Daytona Beach Ponce Inlet area. We also made a stop at the Bass Pro Shops and we had lunch at the Land Shark uh, Bar and Grill and that was in Daytona Shores or Daytona Beach Shores area. Um, that's also in the same immediate area right there with Daytona Beach and uh, we'll talk about that real briefly as well. Uh, the first stop, like I said, was the Marine Science Center, and that is in Daytona Beach. It's also it's in a, in a place called Ponce Inlet, which is off of the Daytona Beach area. Um, if you take uh, the main drag, go through Daytona, keep going, you're going to hit the islands, uh, the shore area. You're going to hit Ponce Inlet. Uh, you swing a hard right on um, Lighthouse Drive, keep going, keep going, and then you bump into uh, the area where the Marine Science Center is located. If you need the information on them, their address is 100 Lighthouse Drive, Ponce Inlet, Florida. If you want to give them a call, phone number is 386-304-5545. And a little information about them. Um, when we went, the hours at that time were Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sunday, 12 noon to 5 p.m. And they were, in fact, closed on Mondays. Um, admission to get in, seniors, that's folks 50 and up, not my rules, those are theirs, uh, are $4. Adults 13 to 49 years of age are $5. Uh, youths between 3 and 12 are $2. And kids under the age of 3 were free. Uh, parking there is always free. Uh, they don't charge you a dollar to park at all. There's nothing you don't pay anything at all. There's, in fact, two places you can park. Uh, when you first make that right off of the island onto uh, Lighthouse Drive. There's a little strip of parking there to the left, kind of covered, kind of part of the woods. Um, not many spaces there. Uh, so if it's a particularly busy day, like a school field trip day or 
Saturday. We went on like a Wednesday, if I remember correctly, a Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. Um, and it was very slow. So we had pretty much the run of the mill. There wasn't a lot of other folks there but us. Um, and we've been uh, pretty lucky to do that with, with some of the places that we've been. Um, if you kind of continue down Lighthouse Drive a little bit farther on the right is the main parking area. Um, that is not covered. That's in the open sun. And like we've said a couple times before, you know, it does get hot here in Florida. And um, it's still warm. I know it's, uh, it's October. And believe it or not, it is still warm here in October. Um, so you want to kind of, you know, wear that big floppy sun hat, uh, wear light colored clothes, bring lots of water, put on your sunscreen, um, because it, it is going to be hot. Um, so, uh, but that main parking space, I'd say probably had, I don't know, 50 to 70 spaces. It wasn't huge. It wasn't like, you know, the Epcot parking lot with the, you know, 25,000 spaces. Um, but it, it was definitely a, a little bit bigger. We, like I said, parked along the road, uh, the much smaller space. I honestly didn't realize there was a second parking lot until we went for a walk and we stumbled across it and found it. And then I realized that's where pretty much everywhere else uh, all the other um, guests had, had parked. Uh, kind of the cool thing about the Marine Science Center is it's two pieces. One area is a bird rescue rehabilitation area. Um, the other is their main education building and a sea turtle rescue and rehabilitation area. Uh, so it's kind of a, like a two for one there. Um, so when we walk up the entrance, uh, we come across a very small little road, just a one lane road. Um, and you go in and there's a real nice sign and it shows you, you know, the hours and the logo. And I, I put all these pictures on Instagram. They're already up there. Um, and so it shows you the hours and the times and, you know, a little bit about the place. Kind of go a little bit along further and you realize that, you know, they have done a fantastic job of leaving all the natural trees and cover. And it makes the pathway very cool and very shaded. And like I said, that day that we went, it wasn't, you know... 50 degrees or anything like that but it was it was kind of a warm day and walking with all those trees over your head a little bit of a breeze uh through the woods around you it, it was it was nice and cool it was not overly hot at all um you come up to the front and it is a wooded uh, building looks like a maybe like a portable classroom almost something like that that's been converted into a permanent building if you had portable classrooms in your high school or your business um looks kind of like that um, to your left as you come up is an education area, kind of a large open air seating area where they can do presentations on, you know, birds and uh, other animals outside. And then to the right is the turtle hospital. Now you can't access that. That's for staff only, but I'll, I'll talk to you about that in a second. You can see it from a different area. So when you come into the main building, you're upstairs on a ramp and to your left is the bathroom area and kind of a, a walkway that takes you back between the two buildings and kind of a nature walk. Uh, you go to the right and there's the main entrance. Uh, masks were required. Um, so we're, we're still there. Uh, the masks were required. Um, my kids are fantastic about wearing masks. My wife uh, wears a mask at work. I wear a mask at work, so it doesn't bother any of us to do that. Um, it was nice and cool inside the building, so that certainly didn't bother any of us at all. Uh, it wasn't hot and sweaty trying to breathe through a mask. Um, you go in, there's a small tank there to your left, a little, uh, little um, uh, saltwater tank, and it was neat. A uh, little cube and uh, had some some fish and some um, shrimp in there, some some coral and uh, it was very nice. If you go, if you continue straight ahead, there's there's going to be a split to your right is the main education area. It's, it's got your display tanks and your touch tank and your your viewing window. To the left is a little short hallway and there's an education classroom down there and and we went and poked our head in there too, um, but that's a little bit later. So we went to the right and we went down towards the. 
um, we went down towards the education area, uh, the main uh, viewing, and um, the main viewing area. And to give you kind of an overview of what you're going to see, when you go inside the room, it's kind of an open room. It's kind of an unfinished top. There's a, a bunch of skylights up top, and that really gives you a really very well-lit room. Um, it's not dark. Um, it's, it's a very big room, and uh, it was a very, very nice area to be in. Um, very well ventilated, lots of room to spread out and check things out. Um, so if you continue, most people are going to continue to their left, um, at least I do. So if you continue to your left, there's a small display tank. And it's part of a diorama of, say, a mangrove shore, which was very cool. Um, part of the diorama was um, uh, figures of birds, figures of animals that would live in a marsh area, live in a mangrove area. And then the other part of it, uh, as you came down from the mangrove into the marsh, um, was a live tank. And it had fish and all kinds of stuff inside there so they did a fantastic job blending those two things together um, on the wall over to the left there was some figures and facts uh, about whales and that was really really neat about how big whales were and about how big the different types of whales were how long their bodies were compared to human beings and I thought that was very very neat um, you continue around kind of to your left and there's a whole area there about the reef and coral reefs and coral and how coral is is um, rehabilitated and propagated and from coral buds and how it's grown and and they show you kind of a smaller uh, setup of how the coral grows and uh, that was really neat there was uh, seahorses inside there little baby seahorses you could see them uh, that was really neat too and as you uh, uh, see that there's some beautiful paintings behind there and lots of light very very well lit and uh, corals need a lot of light they need a lot of um, man-made light because they're very uh, um, sensitive to sunlight and if they don't get a lot of sunlight then they'll die so they're trying to pump as much sunlight into there so it's a lot of man-made sunlight which uh, they did a great job the coral was very brightly colored um, it was uh, it was very neat it was very very neat to see that uh, you continue around to your left a little bit more now you're in the back side of the room and on the left back of the room is a turtle uh, enclosure a turtle pool kind of looked like a donut like a long stretched out donut and there was an island in the middle, and the, the you know, red-eared sliders and water turtles, that kind of stuff, could get out of the water. Um, and there was a what I thought was really neat was they had it very kid-friendly. There was low observation windows. And they were probably, I don't know, about a foot and a half, two feet off the ground. So no matter how small your little one was, they could look into the water and see the animals. Now the first tank, you know, obviously was all glass. You could see into that. The second one with the coral reef was all glass. You could see into that. But this one was a lot of cement. It was not all glass. And it could have been one of those things where you'd have to pick up your kid and look over the wall and be able to look down, have the hole. They could walk right up to the tank themselves. They could touch the glass. They could look at the animals inside. And I thought, you know, for an education place, that was a really, really neat idea to be able to do that. Um, continue around a little bit farther onto the, the direct back. You're kind of directly across from where you just came in. Um, there's an observation window that shows you back into the turtle hospital. Um, and that was kind of neat. Like if you've never seen a veterinary hospital, you don't know what happens back there. You could see the staff going back and forth. You could see them using microscopes. You could see them, um, you know, taking notes on different things. Uh, there was photographs of the different turtles that were there. Um, there was notebooks. There was lots of equipment back there. So that was a really, really cool thing to see. And, and you get a really good view 
of the staff really working, doing what they're doing, not just there to entertain you, not just there to say, well, look at these pretty fish, look at these pictures, look what everyone else has done. We're going to show you what we're actually doing to help these, um, help these sea turtles, and whether they were cold stunned or sick or whatever it was, and, and you could see them coming up with a plan and coming up with treatments and the medications they would use, and it was really, really, really impressive. Um, and that window's a little bit higher. That one's, uh, like I said, I'm about six foot, six two, and that window was a little bit higher. It was easy for me to see. It was a little bit more difficult for my kids to see. Um, but uh, if you kind of give them a little bit of a boost, they can see inside there. Um, if you continue around the right wall, when you first come in, that right wall down there is a big, long touch pool. And it had a lot of animals inside there. Um, it had um, uh, white-spotted bamboo sharks. It had... Um, let's see, clear nose skates, Atlantic sharp nose rays, and cow nose rays inside there, which was very, very cool. Um, it was a very low wall. It was very easy to reach over the top. Um, it was, again, had that cutout, that glass cutout. It was mostly cement, um, but it had a glass cutout there in the middle to where, you know, your young ones could, could come up. They could see. They did put a couple of uh, look like ceramic containers where the white-spotted bamboo sharks were hiding inside the the ceramic containers, they were they were a good ways away from the wind from the window and from the the surface area where you know people were putting their hands, so they weren't being you know harassed. Um, there were several educators that were there. There was probably two or three people that were there, kind of helping people to touch the animals if they wanted to and answer questions. And then one of their staff came out and and you know helped them to feed. And uh, my daughter walked around and. You know, she got to ask questions about the animals, and the, the staff was just really, really fantastic, and they did a just a great job, and uh, they they really were there. And so behind them, kind of is a beach painting, and it looks like you're walking on a boardwalk behind the touch tank, and there's a painting of the ocean and the shore and everything behind there. So they, I mean, detail was huge uh, inside here. They didn't have a, ma it's not a massive place, right? Don't think of like a giant ballroom because that's not that's not it at all. Um, it was much smaller, um, but it was crammed full of pictures and, and, and drawings and, um, you know, animal interaction areas. And, you know, the staff was there to answer questions for you anytime that you had them. And they did a really, really great job. So they took up as much space as they possibly could in this room and made sure that they used it to the best of their abilities and, and uh, covered everything if you looked up into the, the, the ceiling right there, like I said, it's a false, it's a hollow ceiling. Uh, there were huge skylights, and the day we went, it was a very pretty day. And the sun just poured into the room, and uh, it was a very welcoming, very open-air um, kind of a place. So uh, definitely, definitely a, a, a positive experience for uh, such a little place. Um, the One of the parts that I really loved was in the middle of the room, there was kind of a man-made reef structure tank. Um, that was a little bit taller than me. It was kind of in a stop shape, like a hexagon shape, stop sign shape. And there was fish inside there, and the fish would swim into the man-made reef and out. And obviously it's not covered in coral or polyps or, or you know, algae or whatever, but it's, it's very, very brand new looking. Um, but that kind of gave you a good idea of if you're a diver and you go down on the bottom of the tank, uh, down the ocean, and you see something like that, that's what these big... They look almost like uh, like wiffle balls with the holes drilled into the side, but they're made of cement, and they sink them, and they kind of stick them together in these structures. And then over time, a reef will build itself on top of these structures, and the, the um, uh, coral polyps will find their way there, and the reef structure will build, and uh, so it's very, very cool. So they were showing you kind of what that looks like in the first opening steps. 
Um, we decided to go uh, uh, poke around. We, we touched the animals and we saw and we asked lots of questions. And uh, you know, our kids, as always, were free to run around and look. And you know, we didn't censor them at all. They were allowed to you know, ask questions and look at things. And, and they had a really good time. And then we continued out. There's a doorway. If you first come in, um, kind of just you're going to walk in through the gift shop area, which wasn't huge. Um, but through the gift shop area to your right, there's a doorway out to a deck area. And that is the observation area, and they're going to call it Turtle Terrace, and that is the observation area out to the uh, Turtle Rehabil Rehabilitation Center. So you're on the second floor, and you're looking down. Everything is below you, and they had a bunch of stuff. They had uh, eight pools. Uh, several of them were smaller. One of them was larger. It was split in half. Um, Life-size models of turtles. You could see x-rays. There was different mo There was different screens. Um, there was video screens and information about the different turtles themselves, um, educational displays about things that turtles had swallowed, things that had been pulled out of their stomachs, why turtles had been rescued, the names of the different turtles that were there. It was super cool. Um, if you ever had a question about turtle rescue and why turtles were rescued and what happened to them after they got rescued and how they were rehabilitated, um, they really did a fantastic job and uh, they really, really helped uh, answer all those questions. So uh, that was really amazing. Um, when I was there, I want to say there was maybe, I don't know, two or three turtles in there that I could see, not many, which is a good sign. There were not really that many that they had to rescue at that time. I do want to tell you that from doing some research, um, their videos are online, and I'm going to give you some information about their, their YouTube page uh, for them, and they look a lot of their stuff. But since January, the first turtle that they've released, uh, they do catch and release the turtles. They rehabilitate them. Um, some of them I've given to them from Duval County. Some of them are given to them from the St. Johns County Animal Rescue Areas. Uh, but they, they really do a great job with that. Um, so this is in Volusia County. They've released uh, Othello, which is a green sea turtle, Empusa, which is a green sea turtle, uh, Unicorn, Poseidon, and Wisp, which are all greens, uh, Quantum, which is a loggerhead, Labu, and Danava, which are green sea turtles. So that's been eight releases since January. And I don't want you to forget that they do also do bird rescues. They've released great horned owls and swallowtail kites, um, and they do a great job rescuing and rehabilitating birds as well. So um, the, my hat is off to them. Um, I worked in SeaWorld for a while. Uh, one of the positions I had was in the quarantine building, um, and we worked with a lot of the sea, the, the, the sea turtles that came in, whether they were cold stunned or sick or, you know, whatever the situation was. And that can be a very difficult job. Um, the turtles need a lot of care. Uh, you're there with them all the time. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, some of them don't make it. And, and it, it's hard to really put that much effort and that, that effort and the, the resources and the time into trying to rehabilitate some of these animals and unfortunately they don't make it and it's, it's really heartbreaking um, but they seem like they have a lot of success and uh, you know empty pools means no turtles got rescued and uh, so uh, my hat is off uh, to them so when we left um, we went out the front door kinda down the little hall the little uh, boardwalk walkway there and there's a boardwalk that takes you over to the bird center and we thought well let's go check out the bird center and let's go see so they did a fantastic job of cutting this boardwalk through nature. So there was trees on both sides. Um, you could hear the birds on both sides. You could look down and see the ground. 
it kind of zigzagged left and right, and I'm assuming that's probably around the larger trees um, instead of just a straight shot. But it was very interesting, it was very cool to see, and uh, this is one of actually two nature, this one is much shorter, but it's one of actually two nature walks that take you out into the woods around the Marine Sciences Center. And uh, that one, this one takes you from the main building over to the bird rescue area, and uh, the bird rescue area um, is called the Mary Keller Seabird Rehabilitation uh, Sanctuary, and that was very cool too. Oh, before we left, um, we did go through the education classroom, and that's when you come in the main door, go past the main room, and go to your left. There's an education classroom. Um, this was very cool coming from the level of my kids trying to learn as much as they possibly could and we want to see what we can learn. My wife and I are into, you know, reading plaques and, um, you know, being educated as much as we possibly can be as well. Um, this room was just jammed packed with everything. There was all kinds of stuff. There were uh, live snake enclosures. They were very, very well done. They were wooden. They had glass fronts. Uh, lots of pictures of snakes inside the room. Um, at the time, they had corn snakes and pine snakes, Florida pine snakes that were there. So these are uh, animals that are indigenous to Florida. Um, different sea turtle carapaces or shells. They had those on a display, kind of seeing how big some of them are, loggerheads and greens and olive ridleys and kemp ridleys and you know, how they compare back and forth between each other. Um, there were animal skeletons. There were shark's teeth. Uh, there was a poster on the wall showing different sharks that are in the immediate area in the waters because you are right there at the beach. Um, so it shows you different sharks that would be in the water. Um, there was a, a, a large, uh, when you first walk in the room on your right hand side, there's a large water tank. Um, looks like a large fish tank, but it has a, kind of a, a turtle setup. There's a couple of uh, marine turtles, uh, uh, aquatic turtles inside there. Uh, that was very, very cool. Lots of local animal information. There was a TV on that had uh, videos playing about the different animals and kind of educated you. Um, so that was a very, very, very cool room. There were uh, different animals in jars that you could look at, animals that unfortunately never made it past the embryo stage. Um, uh, snake eggs, x-rays, skeletons, uh, dioramas of different animals. Um, it was really, really a fantastic room uh, to see. So I can see, like, if your kids are going to go there on a field trip, if they're thinking on, you know, going to the Marine Science Center, their teachers are going to take them there, um, they are going to come back with their heads full of knowledge because this is a, a very hard thing not to learn something when you're there. So anyway, so we walked down the boardwalk, and it was very, very uh, nice. Um, you were definitely there in nature. You were definitely there um, going along through the woods. And uh, we came up to the next enclosure, which is across the main parking lot, which is where I probably should have parked. But um, and it's called the Mary Keller Seabird Rehabilitation Sanctuary. Uh, the hours are the same. You don't pay an additional price to get into the Seabird Sanctuary. You just pay the one price. Um, and we talked about that a second ago. And that includes uh, the nature walk area, the seabird sanctuary, the main building, um, the observation of the turtle hospital. Like I said, you cannot go into the turtle hospital, um, but uh, you can see it from that second level area. Um, when we walked through there, there's a giant set of fences, uh, so it is very secure. It is locked up separately than the main building. Um, and there were massive bird enclosures, um, not little tiny little cages, but you know, massive bird enclosures, you would think there would be, you know, a Florida panther or um, bobcats or, or something large inside there, but they were they were there for the birds. Um, we did see a couple of uh, bald eagles, which were just these big, beautiful birds. 
red-tailed hawks, brown pelicans, um, um, red-shouldered hawks. Um, there was there was all kinds of animals inside there. Um, they were all in different levels of being rehabilitated. Some of them, I'm assuming, probably would be released at some point, and others, you know, probably would live there uh, forever um, and not be able to be released. Um, there was no educators or staff that was there, so it's pretty much a self-guided thing. It's not a long walk, guys. You kind of go down, uh, make a left, go down a walkway, make a right, and there's a fence that kind of closes you off. So that's kind of the only area that you can get to. Um, you could see the backstage area, and the backstage area was very large. You could see where they kind of would go in and out of the different enclosures. Um, it had a kind of a brand new wood smell, so I'm not sure exactly when all this was built, but it seemed very new or it was kept very, very, very clean. Um, so that was very, very cool too. Um, it was a very quiet area. There was not a lot of conversation. Like we said, we went on a day that wasn't very busy anyway, um, but it was a very quiet area. There was lots of shade. There was lots of natural trees that were left. They kind of over, uh, covered over the top of the enclosures. And uh, that was uh, that was very very nice to see as well. And um, so the different bird releases that they've done, you could see where they would have, you know, had them there: the swallowtail kites, the barn owls, um, the Florida owls. You know, the different things that they've caught and released um, and rehabilitated these different birds. I'm sure this is where they've lived. All right, guys. So I'm going to do a little trivia here. It is time for trivia. Trivia time. Let's see how you do this episode. All right, here we go. Which famous American figure died at age 97 in his winter home in Ormond Beach, Florida, which is just a short trip from Daytona Beach? That's where we were. Which famous American figure died at age 97 in his winter home in Ormond Beach, Florida? Was it A, General George S. Patton? B, President Harry S. Truman? C, John D. Rockefeller? Or D, Franklin Delano Roosevelt? So think about that, those American figures. And we'll be back in just a moment with the answer. So like I said, we didn't shop, uh, stop entirely um, at the Marine Science Center in uh, Daytona Beach. We did have lunch. And on the way out, we stopped at the Landshark Bar and Grill. And this one was in Daytona Beach. If you want the address, it is 471 South Atlantic Avenue. They're open from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. every night. And uh, I was... Impressed and not entirely impressed by the land shark, and I'm going to tell you about all that in just a second. Um, very impressive, lots of sun. Um, you're right there on the beach. I mean, if you step to the left or the right and you walk straight out, you're in the sand. Um, the backside of the restaurant had a patio area, a large seating area. It was in the sand. You actually had tables that were put into the sand back there. There was a fence around so people couldn't just walk up off the beach to come to get to you. Um, but if you stood in the back and you looked out, you could see the cars driving on Daytona Beach. And uh, so that was really cool. That was really neat. You know, a lot of places say, you know, right on the beach or, you know, as natural Florida uh, as it gets or whatever. And then you look and think, you know, eh, you're five, six, seven blocks off. These guys, the backside of this restaurant was touching the sand and it was very, very cool. Um, it was a restaurant like anything else. Um, very huge, open, well-ventilated lobby uh, main uh, dining room area. You come into the front entrance uh, through the patio, uh, kind of a boardwalky kind of a patio again. Um, there's a gift shop. You can buy your gifts and goodies and that kind of stuff on the way out, your land shark goodies. Um, there were tons of TVs. Uh, again, when we went, it was the middle of the afternoon, so it was totally dead. We missed the lunch rush. We weren't there for the dinner rush. 
Um, and it was, you know, it was a little busier when we left, but not much. Um, my kids and I, my kids and my wife and I, we all sat down and had some lunch. And the menu was okay. It wasn't real ex- extensive, but there was, you know, several choices. Um, we weren't advised that anything wasn't there. And, and you know, as right now, the restaurants are really suffering uh, with shipping and, and you know, inventory and keeping enough food and supplies to run themselves. But they didn't seem to affect them at all, which was great. Um, our server was amazingly friendly. Uh, the seater was amazingly friendly. We did get seated very, very, very quickly. Um, and so that was very nice. There were TVs everywhere. If you wanted to watch, they watched, you know, uh, on the, a football game from the weekend before. And there was a live concert. And there was a lot of stuff going on uh, on the different TVs. There was a surfing channel. Um, and there's, you know, showing the local, uh, local TV right there. Uh, in Daytona. So if you came there to hang out, maybe you're by yourself, you wanted to watch some TV to be amused, you could do that too. Um, we all ordered the Landshark Burger. Uh, we all had different sides. My wife and I had the chips. Uh, my daughter had some, f- my daughter and my son had some fruit. Um, I was not totally impressed with the burger. Now it came out very quickly. And I know in the restaurants that I've worked in, um, it does take a little while to cook a burger, especially for, you know, medium, medium well. You know, you can't just send that right off the grill. It's, it's going to take a few minutes to cook. And the burger flew out of the kitchen. We had four burgers on our table before we even knew what was going on. Um, I can see this place being all about a nighttime environment. I can see it being all about a drinking environment. Um, people wander up off the beach, maybe have a few beers and go back and surf some more or... You know, have a quick sandwich and hit the water. Um, the food quality was not the greatest, guys. And, and you know, for me to say that, um, I'm not the pickiest eater in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. I was hungry and I ate the burger. I did have a gluten-free bun, which they had, which was awesome. Um, it was a regular burger, uh, lettuce, tomato, pickle, uh, mayo, um, mustard. Um, and we ate all the chips. The chips were amazing. The chips were crunchy and fresh and amazing. They tasted fresh. Um, but the burger itself was very almost almost McDonald's-esque, you know, very thin, um, very flat, very flavorless. Um, so I really wasn't impressed with the food. Um, I, I would assume maybe if you ordered something else, you'd get a different experience, um, but I, I definitely was not impressed with the food. So um, that was my only downside to it. Um, and then we got the bill, and we all kind of walked outside, and I paid the bill. And then the other side came. For what we got, for our four drinks and our four meals... Um, it was pretty expensive, um, pushing, you know, almost, almost Disney Springs prices for four meals. And here we are in Daytona beach. And I was a little surprised as to how expensive it was. It was a bit of a shock. Um, so, um, you know, I don't want to trash it too much. If you go, go with an open mind, have your own adventure, um, and definitely think about, you know, what it is you're going to do. If you're going to go and drink, it's probably going to be expensive, um, and, you know, uh, try something other than what we had and, and, and see how you feel about that. Because, you know, for me, the, the food quality just wasn't there. Um, you know, my family, we have two kids under the age of uh, 10 and under. Uh, my wife and I are not big drinkers, so alcohol was not a part of our situation. Um, but it was very expensive for what you got. So just uh, just keep that in mind. Um, would I go back? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Um, would I have the same thing? No, absolutely not. Um, but, uh, you know, you put that Jimmy Buffett name on there, you put the Landshark Lager name on there, and uh, it's going to drive with the price. So it's definitely going to be something that, you know, you got to keep in mind. 
All right, guys, it is time for our answer for our trivia time question. Let's see how you did. I'm going to read the question one more time. Which famous American figure died at age 97 in his winter home in Ormond Beach, Florida, a short trip from Daytona Beach? Was it A, General George S. Patton, B, President Harry S. Truman, C, John D. Rockefeller, or D, Franklin Delano Roosevelt? What was your guess? If you guess C, John D. Rockefeller, you are absolutely correct. John D. Rockefeller died at his winter home. It's called The Casements. The Casements now offers free tours of the Rockefeller period rooms and serves as a local community center. So, very cool taking over that property and making it something that the community can use. Guys, I'm going to call that an episode. I want to thank you once again for joining me on the Florida Fun Podcast. Thank you for being involved. Uh, I would ask uh, if you enjoyed the episode, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors. The best thing you can do is share it with those that you love and those that you care about and have them know what uh, what fun we have here on the Florida Fun Podcast and all our adventures. If you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to give me a review. That is extremely helpful. Um, like, comment, share, do what you can. Get the word out about the Florida Fun Podcast because we want to have everyone enjoy the show as much as we possibly can. And uh, uh, hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. It's almost the weekend, and uh, weekend is rolling around very quickly. I seem to do these episodes like on a Wednesday or a Thursday. That's just kind of the way that seems to work out. Um, if you're going to you know, do anything this weekend, go outside, have some Florida fun, and enjoy the weather. It's supposed to be a beautiful, uh, beautiful weekend. And uh, we certainly appreciate you guys once again. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being there. I appreciate everything that you guys do following the podcast, encouraging me. Um, I want to let you know that there's going to be some merchandise coming soon, maybe some T-shirts, maybe some stickers. Um, We are going to still do some food tasting coming up very, very soon, hopefully a little sooner than later. And uh, maybe have some, uh, some special guests on the show coming up very soon as well. So, guys, that is it for today. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. I do certainly appreciate it. And until then, guys, we'll see you out there.